Welcome to Tracy's Forge of Faith, where we uplift, encourage, and strengthen one another in our daily walk with Christ. Welcome to a new week, people. Um, I hope you guys' day started off well. Today is Monday, June 12th. Um, as I stated in my last um, um, social media post that I would drop episodes on Mondays, at least once or twice a month. Um, it'll be on Apple, Spotify platforms and check me out. I will be posting, um, some of my, um, recordings on Facebook. Now I reactivated my Facebook page, but anyways, um, I'm going to do something that, uh, makes me comfortable. Uh, I am going to be more comfortable with who I am and how I present to you guys. Um, I know that it's easy to like want certain platforms, but I'm not those people. So I decided today, even on a topic that I'm talking about to just be me, I'm a talker. I'm a great conversationalist. I'm a people person. So I'm just going to do Tracy. And that's why it's called Tracy Forge of Faith. I do have a disclaimer. I'm not a um, therapist or a psychiatrist. So I do ask that you guys, whatever you take in from this, that you study the word as well as you talk to your therapist or counselor, whoever you have in your life to help you sift through certain situations that you go through certain situations that I talk about. So again, welcome. Hope you guys week started off good. And today's topic is I'm going to talk about covetness. C O V E T O U S. This is a sin, of course. Um, and the purpose of this podcast is to help people, understand how to get out of certain bondages of our lives so that's where i get uplift encourage and strengthen one another because i can tell you all day long don't do this don't do that don't do that but until i had to recognize okay you can tell me all that but can you kind of go a little deeper for me um you can tell me this and that and that, and that but until i start searching the scriptures for myself until I start like looking things up, until I start praying and asking God to deliver me from these things, um, until I start talking to a counselor, um, I was not able to deal with things and I would get frustrated with myself because I would find myself back in the same situation. So that's why in this podcast, I always bring forth scripture because everything I do, it has to line up with the word of God. Okay. So anyway, the definition of covetous is inordinate desire to possess what belongs to another, usually tangible things. I also found in um, a uh, definition on the internet, coveting. It is an ungodly desire for something that belongs to another. It leads to greed, silly, jealousy, even envy, even murder. How, how many of us do we know that... Uh, for sure, greed, stealing, jealousy, envy, and murder are sins. Covetness is a sin as well. A lot of us don't think we covet. So I'm here to give you, um, you know, different examples. Uh, I do have a couple of scriptures here. Hebrews 13 and 15. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such thing as ye have for as ye have. So basically, um, 
Coveted, again, is inordinate desires of what belongs to another, usually tangible things. Uh, Coveting is an ungodly desire for something that belongs to another person. It leads to greed, stealing, jealousy, envy, and even murder. Um, I read Hebrews 13 and 15. I'm going down to Colossians 3 and 5. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affections, evil, conspicuous, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Also have another scripture, 2 Timothy 3 and 2, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, uh, proud, blasphemers, and disobedient. So those are a couple of scriptures that identify covetousness as a sin. Again, I read from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, Colossians 3, verses 5, 2 Timothy 3 and 2. I also have um, a couple other scriptures that um, you can read at your own leisure, Ephesians 5 and 5. Hebrews, uh, I read Hebrews 13 and 15, 1 Timothy 6 and 9, 1 Timothy 6 and 10, and Matthew 6 and 20. There are three kinds of covetousness, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Now I'm about to dig deep, okay? So a lot of us, we do deal with covetousness because I know for me, which I always use myself as an example, it's a lot of things I always want to add a life, okay? Uh, those certain things that I want to add a life, I saw other people have. And somewhere deep down on the inside of me, I felt like I wasn't good enough to get it. So when something did happen for somebody, that jealousy or that God, why, why can't it happen for me? sparked up in me so I really wasn't happy for him but I displayed it on the outside so that's a way of covetousness that can show up okay um let's per se um until I really recognized that thing in me and I had to go to God and ask him to show me the root of that thing he showed me it was covetousness until you don't until you know what covetousness is you can't get delivered from it the Bible says if the truth will set you free, the truth will make you free. We say, if we understand certain things are sins and we search the scriptures on how these are sins, then we can go into our prayer closet and we can work on ourselves to walk out of these things. This is the purpose of me giving you the, the uh, definitions and giving you the scriptures. A lot of us are covered some things like, we covet like certain status, like for, um, again, I'm going to be transparent as always and use myself. When I first started off my podcast, I expected a big turnout. I never put the, really put the work in. I just felt because it was the word of God, people would be drawn to it. And sometimes a lot of people not going to be drawn to you because certain people, they're looking for certain, um, certain people I would say like big time preachers a lot of people I'm gonna be honest with you a lot of people I felt like a lot of people even family and friends didn't support me like I wanted them to and this is no shade I'm just being open and vulnerable so then I would look at other people be like dang what they got that I ain't got you know or even just like you do look at that that's our human side that's our flesh side okay 
So I started feeling sad for myself, feeling sorry for myself. Then I had stopped looking at certain things and I was like, I'm done. You know, I don't want to do this. Like I can't even get the support I want from my family, you know, or from friends or from people, you know, that I felt, you know, would support me. That was the wrong motive. If I'm going to do it, I got to do it for Christ and not for certain people's attention or certain people's, you know, okays. Because deep down on the inside, I was looking like, okay, if they listen to it, that means they're okay with it. So now I'm looking at them as my idol. That's one, that's a definition of covetousness. So if I'm looking at people and have getting them to looking at people and once they start listening to it and then I'm like, okay, they listening. And then I'm looking at them as my idol because in a sense, if they, if, if I expect certain people to do things and they do it, I'm going to continue to depend on them. But even the Bible says, God says, I have no other God before me. God don't want me walking in adultery. So that's why I had to, you know, really get to a point. Like if I'm going to do this, I have to do it for God. I can't seek out other people, uh, approval and half people didn't even know I was doing it at the sense. I didn't at first either until I read my word and I was going to God about the situation. I'm like, dang God, I'm not getting support. I'm not getting the, the audience that I want. I figured because I was putting out the word of God, people would be drawn to it. That's not necessarily the fact. You know, just because certain family members listen to it. And don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for the ones that do listen and give me their feedback because they're going to tell me the truth. And I want that. I want people to tell me the truth. And, if it, and when that truth hurt, it don't cut me down, but it shows me in areas where I need to improve at. So that's why it's so important not to build or not to try to build a fan base on people approval. You got to build it on the word of God, because if you don't build it on the word of God, you'll become, you'll begin to walk in idolatry. Okay. So again, um, and then that's one example. The second example is, um, I had a friend, me and her was going through the same thing on our jobs and both of us were basically applying for different positions. Well, outside and inside, you know, and one thing she said, I think we applied for one position together. And I was just like, well, I'd be happy if you get it. She was like, well, I'd be happy if you get it. Cause you need it more than me. And it was just like, she was like, but just so you know, if I get it, um, I don't want you to be upset, you know? And I had to sit back and think about that. I'm like, why would I be upset? I'd be happy for her, but I get what she was saying. Had I been so like on that job, like one and one and one and one and one it, and it wasn't God's will for my life, I could have stepped in a spirit of jealousy or a spirit of, um, yeah, just a spirit of jealousy. Cause if she would have got it, I would have been upset if I would have just focused in on just that job and not, you know, really looking at the big picture. Now I'm to a point like, what God has for me is for me. Yes, sometimes I get a little disappointed because it was one job that I had applied for. I had the interview. I was like, yeah, I got this. And I talked about it in my, um, in my last, um, uh, about two podcasts. I think it was when you don't get what you prayed for. I talked about it in there and I didn't get it. And 
that's why it's so important to know God's will and to follow God and to get rid of in God because when those disappointments hit, you don't spiral. You end up spiraling because you end up taking that thing that you feel that God is going to give you and you begin to worship that thing. You begin to think that thing is also going to make you happy. And that's not how God want us to, to, um, be, he don't. And like I said, in the word, it says he'll have no other God before him. So anything God thinks or believes you will put before him nine times out of 10, you won't get it because he cares for your soul. He cares for your eternal life. If you begin to worship these things, your focus goes off God and onto that thing. And you think it's that thing that makes you happy or fulfills you. And that's not how God designed us. God designed us to worship only him. When sin entered the camp, that turned us away to other things. Even if you uh, read the story about the children of Israel, how they finally came out of bondage. But then they hit a rough patch. God did all these miracles. And then they hit a rough patch. And then they started murmuring like you, God brought us out here to die. We should surely die. And it's like, because y'all was set on a certain thing. And because it's hard, you want to grumble and complain. You want to go back. You will go back and worship that idol. I remember like thinking I was so in love with this one guy in my life before my husband. I mean, I thought I couldn't live without him. When we broke up, I just felt like I was going to die. And eventually I got over it. I did. Eventually I got over it. It took a lot of prayer. Even at that time I was praying. I wasn't really, really, really hardcore in church, but, uh, God was my foundation. Cause that's how my grandma raised us. But even then I knew to pray then like, God, if you please get me through this because that was about to take me completely. I had got depressed. I felt like did nobody love me because that I made him my idol. I thought he completed me. And again, that's now how God created us. God created us in his image. God created us to worship him in spirit and truth. God created us as his children. So when we begin to take certain things and we begin to worship them and we begin to take our eyes off God, that's when things get, that's why he says it's covetousness is a sin. Even like say, you know, you pray and you ask God for something and you get it. Just be careful that you worship. And we say this in the church, just be careful that you don't worship the thing, like the, the thing and not the creator, the creation and not the creator. Just be careful with that. And how do I find out if I'm, does it take your time away from your time with God? Does it cause you to, um, does it cause you to worship that thing and not God? Does it cause you to forget about everything else? Forget about your responsibility and worship that and not take care of what you need to take care. Of? God is a God of order. So I pray like you guys are getting what I'm talking about. Um, again, I'm talking about covetousness, inordinate desires or to possess what belongs to another, usually tangible things. And I, I, I describe those tangible things um, as like it could be lust of the flesh, lust of the eye and the pride of life. Those are three kinds of covetousness. So again, that's how you identify if you are coveting. 
How did I get myself in this situation? We get so busy and being so happy. And like when this one thing happened and we're so happy, we, our focus goes on that one thing and we tune in and we forget about God. We forget about everything else. I am pleading, not even pleading. I'm just saying when God blesses you with something, be careful, just be careful because sometimes the enemy will use that to cause you to take your focus off God. The Bible says, be sober and vigilant. And it's also a scripture that me and my mama talk about all the time. Be sharp as a serpent and harmless as a dove. That means you need to be sober, vigilant, always watching because the enemy comes seeking what, what he can use to devalue, what he can use to get your focus off God, your relationship with God, stand on a prayer wall, you know? Cause if he can get us off, focus. He can come in. A lot of us are prayer warriors. A lot of us are intercessors. A lot of us are like leaders, not just in your title, but who he created you to be. So if he can get you, if he can get you to get distracted with that one thing, that one thing and cause that to become an idol, he got you off your game. So that's what I'm saying today. Like covetousness, this thing is serious. I remember when me and my husband was looking to buy a house and in the back of my head, um, in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, God, is it really going to happen? Because I know like it got prophesied to us. We prayed about it. We came close a couple of times, two houses that I like, but it didn't go through. And even as when we did sign the papers, like it was so crazy. I would even like drive down the block to make sure the people was moving. I would see the moving truck or whatever. I know crazy, but that's what I did because of my faith wasn't completely there. But even after signing the papers, so when I got the house, when we got the house, the first time we got the, um, the key, I was like, Eric, we moving in as soon as we get the bed and everything in. So we moved in or whatever. So it's a brand new house. Like they redid just about everything, like seriously. So when we first moved in, I was so careful. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. The kids were still a little young. And then, um, my husband, he's like, he's not as tidy as I am. So when certain things would happen, I would freak out and snap out because I had finally obtained this tangible thing that God finally, that he promised me and I'm able, but then I began to, I began to idolize it. So then God dealt with me because me and my husband would get into it about tightening up the house or whatever. And he was like, how come every time you come in, you fussing about that? I'm like, well, if you help keep the house clean, this new house, we just got in here. I at least want to keep it clean. I at least want to keep it tidy, blah, 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 blah. So then God had dealt with me. He was like, you need to stop. Now you're to a point where you're causing disruption in your house because you got this thing and now your allies, you don't want nobody to touch nothing. You don't want nothing out of order. You don't, cause soon as you let them get out of order, it's just going to go to, you know, it's just going to get raggedy. We have to be very careful. Even before we even got the house, I remember like somebody else got a house. And at the time I didn't think I was covenant. I was just like, dang, I wish we'd get a house. Like I was really consumed in not getting it. That's that desire of getting what somebody else had. I didn't want their house. I just wanted a house for me and my family because we had been living in an apartment for so long, you know, 
but then I caught myself. I was happy for her, for them, but at the same time, in the back of my head, I'm second guessing. Maybe I'm just not good enough. You know, maybe um, it'll never happen for us. So I would act like I'm happy on the outside, but on the inside, I'm like, I'm, I'm like showing that I'm happy for them, but on the inside, I'm like, dang. You know, we've been praying, we've even been prophesying, and we still ain't got this house. And it seemed like God done passed us over. So I'm like trying to make myself, you know, trying to make myself happy or for that person, trying to celebrate with them. Then God had to deal with me about that, you know. Just because I did it for them, that don't mean I won't do it for you. He said he will withhold no good thing from us when we can handle it. And that's the thing. God, God knows time, and we don't. The Bible even talks about how we prophesy in part. We don't know the full picture. Even this Sunday, Pastor Tyler was talking about how we can never figure God out. We can never. He's all knowing. He's the great I am. We would never, ever. I didn't understand why. Sometimes I still don't understand why certain things happen, but that's not for me. That's why my trust has to come in that he will withhold no good thing from me. I am his child. I'm a joint heir with Christ. So I just wanted to convey and like just to break down the spirit of confessions. I hope this helped you. I hope this um, intrigues you to study even confessions even more. And if you are dealing with it, that you seek God and um, that you ask God for understanding that, you know, God uh, delivers you from that spirit. And he can. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. So hope this uh, blessed your heart. If you like, share. Uh, if you have any comments, go ahead and share it. But I feel like like this is something, a deeper study that you can get into about confessionists and just pray and ask God to deliver you and show you any area of your life where um, you lack in or any area of your life where you need more um, information, more clarification. So again, thank you for listening to Tracy's Forge of Faith. Continue to um, support, watch, and um, may this May God bless you this week and cover you and keep you and protect you and continue to give you revelation and understanding. And if you don't know Jesus, if you confess that he is Lord and Savior of your life and believe in your heart, you are saved. So find you a good Bible believing ministry, find you some good mentors, some good men and women of God who can help you again. Have a blessed week. I'm out. Bye.